Hi there, and welcome to Enhancing Human Experience. I'm Mark Phillips, and in this episode, it's all about therapy. If you've ever wondered what therapy is, how it can help you feel better, have a better experience in life, and improve your interpersonal relationships, then I know you're going to get a lot out of this episode. My guest today is Rachel Fabi. Rachel is a licensed marriage and family therapist. She's also a certified alcohol and drug counselor. So in this episode, she shares what therapy is, how it can help us have better experiences in life, feel better about ourselves, and also improve our interpersonal relationships. And this accounts for all types of relationships, marriage relationships, uh, dating relationships, coworker relationships, even I got a little bit of a sense of relationships with ourselves, right? As we all know, it all starts there. And in this episode, Rachel talks about all of these things and really gives us some insights into how therapy can help us improve our experience in life. So a lot in this episode, I really enjoyed it and I learned a lot too. Now, if you want to find out more about Rachel and her work, you can do so at rachelfabby.com. That's R-A-C-H-E-L fabbi.com. And one of the things Rachel talks about in this episode is how she's making therapy more accessible to more couples. And she talks about her current project and how you can learn more about that. But again, if you want to learn more about Rachel, visit rachelfabby.com. I'll also have links in the show notes on my website beneath this episode at gmarkphillips.com. So I hope you enjoy the interview. I certainly did. Let's get into it. Rachel, thank you for coming by. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. This well, uh, awesome. I cannot <laughs> wait to, you know, talk well really about what therapy is and how it can help everyone. Because it seems to me, and correct me if I'm wrong, that that it almost and this may be my impression that it's almost for people that are at the end of the spectrum, maybe in turmoil or going through something. Yeah. But what do you see? in your practice. Oh, yeah. I mean, what kind of people come to you? So I think that's a really, really common belief about therapy is that, you know, we have to do everything we possibly can to get better on our own. And then when we have no other option, and we're just, yeah, at the end of our rope, or we're our relationship is at the end of the rope. And it's, it's either we are getting divorced, or we're going to therapy, I guess, like the last resort. Uh I think that's a really, really common belief. And so people Sometimes people do come in at that place where they say, I guess this is all I, you know. That's their last, that's like the ace in the hole kind of thing. Yeah. So so my assumption isn't necessarily incorrect then. I don't think so. Yeah. I think that's a really common, I think that's a very common belief about therapy. But then once people do start going to therapy, they think, why didn't I do this so much, so long ago? This isn't as scary as I thought it was going to be. You know, it's not there's a lot of misconception just about what is going to go on. I think, I think, you know, there's a lot of shows that, that show therapists do, you know, getting real deep, dark into this, like, you know, kind of psychoanalytic <laughs> thing. And sometimes that is, sometimes that is what therapists do. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we, we go there, that's something that might come up or that might be something that's helpful. But most of the time it's just kind of, it's like untangling the knots, you know, we, we get all wound up and naughty and we get all you know we have lots of things that kind of 
keep us from living our best life and keep us from being at the peak of our happiness and the peak of our success. And and so a lot of times therapy is just kind of untying that stuff. So would you say there are like easier knots to untie and it sounds like there are harder knots with that yeah. deep, dark space? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Do, do you think do you think people fear going into that yeah. quote deep dark space. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know what do you call it in in therapy or Well, there's <laughs> that's a good question. There's you know, there's different ways of looking at that deep dark space. Sometimes they call it the shadow side, you know, sometimes it's it's our subconscious. If it's our subconscious, it means we are not conscious of it. So we don't know what's going on down there. And you know, a lot of times that will kind of come up when when it's that what is keeping me back? Why aren't I happy? Why aren't why is my relationship not, you know, just blooming and and super happy and perfect and and we keep that stuff deep down inside that we don't even know it's hindering us we don't even know it's there so i'd say those are the harder knots to untangle because we have to first we have to find them and that's that's not always terrible it's not it's not a terrible thing be aware find them as being as mean being aware of them or find out what they are yeah to find them and then to be aware of them and then to shine some light on them so that they can heal so we can kind of figure out what to do from that from there see and that that's what really excites me as far as like um getting better i mean Mm -hmm. finding ways to kind of undo those things let me ask you this because i'm always curious about this what is your take and maybe the general therapist world therapy world's (laughs) take on being aware of the problem or or focusing on the problem to fix it as opposed to focusing on the solution yeah and just minimizing the focus on the problem. Is it necessary mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. know what the problem is, is my answer. That's a, that is a great question. And I think that's another one of those things that sometimes can be a hindrance of, well, I, you know, I'm trying to stay in the positive. I'm trying to stay happy. I'm trying to stay good. I'm not going to go talk to some therapist who's going to say, well, tell me about your mother. Yeah, let's dump all let's of just, your baggage out on the yeah, table here and Let's go deep it. and dark and get, get there real fast. Yeah. It's like, no, thank you. I don't want to do that. So, the, I mean, there's a there's a huge variety of types of therapy. Um, there's a type of therapy that's called solution focused therapy, and that's all it is. It's just about um, it's about finding how can I how can I come from where I am right now and fix it. What can I do better? How can I you know find what's already working for me and make do more of that? Mm-hmm. How can I find the things that maybe aren't working and let some of that stuff go? And so, really living in that solution and 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 finding ways to apply that in different areas of our life. So there's a, you know, that that's a lot of therapy. Um, a lot of therapy is about developing skills. I think that's a big, that's yeah. a really big part of it. And just, you know, we don't, it would be so wonderful and beautiful if by the time, from the time we were born, our parents just said, let me teach you how to deal with your emotions. Let me teach you how to deal with relationships. Let me teach you how to deal with frustration. I mean, just... How do I deal with life in the in the healthiest way that's going to keep me going and not, you know, knock me down? Right. So sometimes we have to just learn those skills as a grown-ups, you know. And yeah. so I think a lot of time we we just spend time on that. Um, so that's one type of therapy too. So it sounds like there's little. I mean, do do all therapists are they all kind of equally? I guess able to do those, or do do therapists specialize like doctors do? Like yeah. you say, positive, like you said, what is yeah. solution focused versus maybe general skills? Yeah, or- we do. I mean, I think we do kind of find the thing that we love to mm. do so much, and it's kind of, you know, that might be a reflection of our own 
problems you're, or well, like you're going to gravitate to what you like best and have, yeah. you're not going to do something in your therapy that you hate yeah. obviously if so if, you know when you're in grad school they teach you all types of all these different forms of therapy and and you know so there's like relationship styles there's psychoanalytic styles there's there's a type called client centered which is just mm. really i mean this kind of threads <clears throat> through all therapy which is just creating a safe place of of a non-judgmental attitude of hey i'm here to be you know i'm here to be your guide or your coach or your partner or or your cheerleader or whatever my role is but i'm going to do that because i really care about you and and i think most therapists really truly do care about their clients i know i do i sure i every single person that i meet with i am there just to just to help them and help them find whatever is going to work best for them. So I might have my couple, you know, styles that I like to do and that I feel most comfortable doing or that I find the most helpful. Um, but I might not use all those styles with each different client. For one mm -hmm. person, they, you know, for a person struggling with depression, they're going to need something totally different than a person struggling with PTSD. Mm -hmm. There might be, there's going to be a different approach for both of those people. But the the common thread that will go through all of that is that non-judgmental, open, warm environment that for, helps for, people So they can well, share and... Yeah. How many how many sessions do... I, maybe it's different for different people. Do mm. people open up? I mean, are people... Oh. <laughs> well, that's funny because sometimes people come into our initial intake where it's like, okay, we're just going to do our intake. We're going to ask you all about your history and all about, um, you know, what are why are you here? What do you want to get out of this? Are you looking for, you know some help with depression? Are you looking to to strengthen your relationship? You know, kind of what do you want? And a lot of times I hear this over and over and over. People leave going, for one thing, they'll say, okay, that wasn't as bad. Like, oh gosh, I was dreading this. <laughs> I was dreading you. it. Yeah. <laughs> you don't, you don't, oh, this don't is going to be you. terrible. <laughs> yes. I don't hate this as bad uh -huh. as I was fearing I would. I was so nervous. I've been thinking about this all week. I've been, you know, ah, I don't know what I'm going to say. And I didn't think I was going to have anything to say. And the other thing that people say all the time is, I did not think I was going to go there. I didn't think I was going to talk oh. about that today. I thought I'd like, you know, give kind of scrape the surface, but oh, they know. I, so they know when they're diving deep. Yeah. When they kind of reveal something that they, that they've maybe held a little tighter <clears throat> and thought, I'm not going to talk to this person. But I think really what, I think it matters how, just how quickly that person feels safe in that environment. And so that just kind of speaks to, um, what type of trauma that person may have had, what kind of experience they've had with trusting people. If they've had a generally kind of good experience with people, then they might trust you real quick. Or if you have a great chemistry or, you know, connection with them where the rapport is just real, real, you know, quickly yeah. kind of developed, then they might feel comfortable in that situation. But if, if, if they've had a lot of mistrust or abandonment or trauma or, you know, all those things that make someone not want to trust somebody, it might take a while. And mm. that's totally okay. Mm. A good therapist will be will be willing to work through that and to know we don't have to rush this. This isn't something where you're not ready and I'm going to say, well, let's get deep into it. Like, right, I, I want right. to know all be about it. Now. Yeah. Tell mm. me about your trauma. Tell me about your childhood. That's not... That, that makes sense. Be. Yeah, it makes sense because I mean you're there. Like it's a healing environment. It's a, yeah. you're sensitive mm -hmm. to those things. Yeah, you get the training and whatnot. Right, it makes sense. And a therapist should be willing to be really patient with people and to not not feel frustrated or not take it personally, but to to really just kind of be alongside the the client to move through that. Those well, kind of steps. I imagine because it requires probably a lot of empathy, a lot of yeah. like, hey, you know. 
because sometimes in the world, you know, it's like either keep up or fall behind. There's no yeah. like, you know, uh, yeah. no coddling. I don't want to use that word in it necessarily, but yeah, um, it's true. I was just joking the other day about how I would be a terrible like CrossFit coach. Sure. I would be horrible. I would say, <laughs> you know, lift at your you own just, pace, right? Yeah, do it at your own pace. Right. I don't want to push you too hard. You know, you, this will kind of come <laughs> from within. Like, look, <laughs> and to, for some people that might work really well, but for some people like me, I would go, okay, it's well. It's not really the environment. <laughs> it, you bring, it kind of conjures up, you know, how they take these disparate ideas and put them together. Like, yeah. It's like a Saturday Night Live skit. Yeah. You know, that's hilarious. Yeah. And so, and that goes to, I mean, that's the case for different styles of therapists too, is that some therapists are more direct and like, let's, let's move forward. They're more like a coach. They're more, they're going to be kind of more encouraging and, and I don't want to say pushy, but, but push you to really grow. Right. And push you out of your comfort zone. Yeah. Because it is out of your comfort zone. That's true. I mean, and that's kind of something that a lot of therapists use to some extent is to is to kind of help people grow out of their comfort zone we want people to grow and do better and Mm -hmm. and leave us and be fine and have the skills on their own and not to become dependent on their therapist how often does that happen it can happen it it definitely can happen i think you know i think sometimes it's okay that it does happen in some in some instances where you know if if a person has a really really long history of not having someone who's been constant in their life or not, you know, not had a safe environment, if they work with a therapist for several years and, you know, on and on and on, then if that's helping them to live a good life and, and, and to develop relationships outside of the therapy, that that's not their only relationship or their only, you know, the only person they rely Mm -hmm. on, I think, Hey, yeah. So you got, I, yeah. again, it sounds like you're looking at an individual basis saying, Hey, you know, I mean, this person is here. It's not a problem that I'm, Helping mm-hmm. them more than I would another client, say. What do you mean like as that? far as like you're giving giving them more support and or connection than you would typically to other clients. It sounds like you know give. I want to say like training wheels type style. Yeah. But for for, for yeah. being a human being. Right. So you kind of just use it individual. Judge it individual. Yep. Absolutely. I think that yeah. You you mm. just have to. I think every every client will have an individualized experience and just. You know, what is it that they need? What is it that's going to work best for them? And if that takes five sessions and they're like, hey, we've, we've sorted it. We've untangled all the knots. We're doing great. You know, if a couple comes, I see a lot of couples. Right. Because you do kind of want to chat about that because oh, I want to yeah. get into the, you know, male, female dynamic and talk mm-hmm. a little bit about that. Yeah. But so. Um, and we all, and I also see homosexual couples too. Oh, you so. do? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So just any sort of couple and mother-daughter relationships, family counseling. So couples so. in so any kind of pairings. Yeah. It pairings are families. Okay. Mm-hmm. Cause there's all, you know, that's each individual has their own kind of knots and the couple has its own knots in itself. So there's lots of things to untangle. Well, and I imagine there's some commonalities. I mean, a, yeah. a, a yeah. pair is a pair or an interpersonal yeah. dynamic is an interpersonal dynamic Yes, to a degree. Absolutely. And, and I find myself doing, you know, teaching the same stuff to a mother-daughter couple, or, you know, not couple, but sure, a mother-daughter duo, pair, yeah. uh, an, a couple who's been married for 60 years and a brand new relationship that has a brand new baby that aren't married or, you know, it's like the same skills apply to, to everybody. It's just interpersonal skills, you know, and how, how can we best manage our communication? Communication is that what it comes is, down to? Oh my gosh, yes. I, I, I have kind of narrowed it down to like the three big things that people come in 
to to couples or relationship counseling for is communication always number one the number one thing that people say we're here because we can't communicate or we're here because he doesn't communicate sure, with they me does anyone come in and say hey it's all I my fault <laughs> so bad and my uh-huh. partner's perfect and i just want i mean <laughs> maybe, maybe sometimes probably. but mostly no <laughs> so but it's communication is number one that's really where people they and and that makes me think they really get that it could be better. The relationship could be better. And that communication is just a skill. It's not like you're either good at communicating or you're not. It's a skill that you learn. Well, and I'm glad you said that because I I see more and more things in any area of life, whatever Mm -hmm. you're going to do, it can be learned. It's a skill. Everything's a skill. Yeah. And I think for so many people, I know I used to live in this space of Mm -hmm. you either are or you aren't, you either have it or you don't. Yeah. And then it kind of locks you in and you're like, well, what's the point of even, right. if I don't have it, I don't have it. Exactly. If I suck at communicating, why should I go to a therapist who's just going to yell at me and tell me how bad at communicating I am? Right. And and that's, a, I think, a big misconception is, oh gosh, you know, kind of back to that, I don't want to go. This is going to be right. terrible. I'm gonna, they're going to point fingers at me. It's going to yeah. be... So, so it's again, just going to be throwing me under the bus and my wife telling me what a bad husband I am and, and then the therapist jumping on board and telling me that I'm just as bad as my wife has always said. Mm-hmm. And that it really is not not the experience well, I hope that people have well, in therapy. And they probably had either, either their own mind is running down the rabbit hole or they've had yeah. other experiences yeah. not a therapy right. type of experience where mm-hmm. it's been, well, my wife and her girlfriend ganged up on me and yeah. then I'm not going to get in another female dynamic like yes. that. So I can certainly see yeah. that. And I think like what you said about kind of going there internally, if someone comes in with the mindset of, I either am good at communicating or I'm not. Well, then, like you said, what's the point of even trying? Why should I even try and go talk with someone about getting better? Because I just suck at this. So if that's yeah. the idea coming in, then people get real resistant and they they get really defensive. But if you can come in and say, yeah, I do kind of suck sometimes at communicating. I mean, I yell a lot or I shut down or I, I don't know what to say. Mm-hmm. I freeze, you know, and if you can have the willingness to really own that and say, but I I want to get better at this. I love my partner so much. I They deserve to have a person who communicates well. I deserve to have a person who communicates well. We're here to learn. We want to get better at this. Then I think, oh my gosh, yes, this is going to work. This is going to be so they're great. They're willing to put the work in. They're willing to mm-hmm. because they because they see they're going to potentially lose this person they love because yeah. they don't have the skills. So yeah. how, how often does that happen when the person's like, hey – I'm, I know I, I know I need help. I know I need yeah. some skills. Well, I'm so glad that you brought that up because I think that is when, that is when people, it, it comes in, I would say maybe 20, 20 to 25% okay. of the time. I think it's getting, I think therapy is becoming more socially acceptable. And I that's think people what get it me. more. Yeah. yeah, me too. Me too. I've had some recent people come that have come to see me that go, Oh gosh, it's like it, it makes me so happy because it's like my my heart just fills with <laughs> happiness. Have the, everyone in therapy in the world to some yeah. level is that what you're saying? Well, like a world of. I have I've recently had some younger men coming in, like men in their twenties, and so and they say, you know, my girlfriend and I are having a hard time in our relationship. I just want to be a better communicator, and I want to like sing hallelujah because I am just like. This That's is awesome. Yeah, the best time to come in. A couple who can come into therapy while things are good. For one thing, you are much more open to receive influence from each other. When you love each other, when things are happy and things are good, but you just want to, you know, tune it up a little bit. You want to make things a little bit better. Oh my gosh, 
the the improvement, how quickly people can improve from that is is amazing. It's so fast. When if you're waiting until it's like my analogy I always use is if you wait to put oil in your car, to put gas in your car, to check the engine, if you wait until it your engine has exploded and then you bring it into mm-hmm. the shop and you say, Can you help me because <laughs> my engine exploded? Yeah. That's it's much harder to fix than to just bring it in for a tune up. But can it be fixed at that point? Um, I mean, when the, when the wounds are, when the cuts or the words or the whatever, the actions have been so deep, is there a point when, I mean, yes, there's definitely a point where people go, this is not fixable because of the, you you hurt me too bad. You did this too bad. We have gone, we've like kind of, you know, we were connected like this when we first married or we first got together or we first moved in together or whatever. And we have just slowly disconnected and then yeah, we've hurt each other. And so we're more disconnected. And then we stop communicating with each other. And then we're more disconnected. And then and like the, the investment go, or the, the interest yeah. to get it better goes down and down. And yeah. then finally just separate. Mm-hmm. And, and right. Sometimes it's one partner who has kind of has been kind of going through this uncoupling for a long time. And then they finally go, you know what, I'm done. I have tried and tried and tried and tried. And I'm just I'm done trying. And then that's when their partner says, I'll do anything. I'll sure. go to therapy Back with to you. That, what you mentioned early on, as soon as it becomes like do or die, yeah. it's like, oh, no, no, no. But let's do, let's go to therapy. Done. And so one kind of comes in begrudgingly, like, I guess, I mean, I'll go here because I want to give it one last shot. And those are the couples that come in that I think, I mean, to me, I see every person as, as like, yeah. Sure, like the potential to save every oh yeah. Or help it. Okay, Absolutely. So you go in a, a totally yeah. optimistic for the save and the fix. Yeah. And sometimes the sometimes the fix is you're gonna just be happier apart. We gotta just make sure that you guys are are nice enough to each other to raise children who are okay. How do you know that? What where does that come? I mean That's what, not up to me. It's never point. really up to me. I just kinda I'm there. That's why I always ask, you know, what are you? What are you here for? What's your goal in coming today? Because if the goal is, hey, we want to co-parent in a in a respectful way, but we're not. This is not going. We're not getting back together. I'm I'm happy okay, with that. Does, so they're driving the they're driving oh, the bus. Totally, you're just totally, there. totally. Okay, yes. so it's totally their choice. Yeah, because right, it, it, it makes sense. Obviously. Yeah, I never consider myself to be an expert or in charge or the boss or anything like that. My job is just to take. I mean, I love this stuff so much, so I. I loved studying it in school. I love studying it in grad school. I read about it. I go to seminars. I like, I do all this continuing education far beyond what it's, it's expected sure. or what's required for my, you know, for my licensure um, because I love it. I love it so much. And so if I can, if I can be the one who reads all these books and goes to these seminars and then just take what I learn and give it to someone else and, and share it with them, then yeah, that's, that's kind of the role I take when I'm meeting with people is let me just see what I can what I can right. offer to you. But I think a lot of times we have we have the answers within ourselves anyway. So, But, but we sometimes need people to help us bring yeah. them up. I sometimes yes. think of therapists as like, um, uh, you know, we're a pharmacist. You go to the pharmacist and like, I've got this or this or whatever, or the yeah. doctor. And they're like, okay, yeah. prescribe this. And I mm-hmm. sometimes see because the therapist, like you said, you've got, sounds like you've got all these tools and yes. skill yeah. building exercises. And mm-hmm. they tell you what they need or want. Yeah. Right? And you're like, mm, try this, take yeah. this, do this. Was yeah, say, let's let's try this. Sometimes, it, you know, it's kind of cool because sometimes people just in their talking, it's like they're watching the words come out of their mouth and then they go, oh, wait a minute. Well, that makes sense. I don't even know why I was struggling with that because now that I say it out loud, it makes perfect sense. 
And so it's like, I have done nothing. I'm just sitting there listening and, and providing the environment of non-judgmental, <laughs> like positive regard. Right. And they come up with it themselves. Well, and so, yeah. that's, uh, that sounds like the, the, you know, the doctor, you know, the doctor isn't necessarily healing per se. He's just right, providing the right. environment for healing or the conditions <laughs> for yeah. healing. That sounds really interesting. Yeah. And that's why it differs too from client to client. Cause someone might come in and go, I don't know. I don't know what to do. Like, so they're told they're, they're just like, okay, I don't know where to start. Yeah. And so that's where I'll say, okay, let me, here's what I know. Let me show you some ideas. Let's try this. Let's, you know, pull out this worksheet and do this together. I mean, most of the time we're not doing stuff like that, like kind of working through things, but sometimes we are, sometimes that's really helpful. Um, but other times they are totally driving the bus and, and are com in complete control. And they're telling me what they are working on and they sort it out themselves. And then they leave and go, well, thank you. But again, that was you, really helpful. You, you kind of <laughs> steered them or offered them this or that or yeah. the other thing. Mm -hmm. uh, so I want to touch back on the skills because mm -hmm. I think that um, sometimes there's an aversion to people like, you know, if you if you have like zero skills and you're maybe, I don't know, 30, 40, 50, and you've mm -hmm. had these deeply ingrained habits, it's like, yeah. you know, I don't want to put the time in to learn the skills. Like you said, it all yeah. depends on the individual. Mm -hmm. But what, what are you finding where people are kind of like, you know, I sometimes think people have an aversion to do work in general and yeah. definitely inner work. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you've been doing living your life this way for mm -hmm. so long, it becomes comfortable and you're like, right. you mean I've got to like practice talking to yeah. people or communicating? Yeah. I mean, wh where do you mm -hmm. meet people at that yeah. Point. Well, if if everything's fine yeah. in their life and they don't want anything to change, then they're not coming in for counseling. Yeah. They're going to just be – they're cruising along. They're doing good. And they don't need to change if they're fine. And right. everybody around them is saying, hey, yeah, this is fine, then that's mm -hmm. good. But usually people are saying, oh, I'm not as happy as I want to feel. I don't have the relationships I want to have. I'm not succeeding in work the way I want to. Or, you know, there's something going on. And so they're recognizing that they – that something could be better. And that does not mean that you have to wait until everything is in the toilet before you come into counseling. Come, you know, come in for therapy right. or counseling when when things are all right. Um, but yeah, but if people come in and say, I, um, you know, it's, it's like if you were to go to a physical trainer and you said, or, you know, a coach and say, um, I want to lose weight, but I'm not willing to exercise and I'm not willing to eat healthy. <laughs> it's like, right. I'm not going to do anything. I'm not going to do a hypnosis. I'm not going to yeah. do any of the options, but can you please fix me? Well, I mean, a therapist <laughs> might say, oh, well, let's talk about why you don't, why it's so scary to do those things. Mm. Why, you know, what's blocking you from trying some exercise or from trying some, to eat healthier, you know, and trying to maybe problem solve to find what is the barrier. Um, but I think, if you're if you have a, a little bit of willingness to come in and say, you know, things are not going as great as I want, or I would just I want to live my best life and that maybe is a little bit better than how it is right now, then and then bring that willingness to try something new. And it's usually not as scary. It's not as scary, I don't think, as people Yeah, I definitely think there's a, there's a stigma as like and like you said, you've um, sometimes see people at the end of their ropes coming mm -hmm. in. I that that's what I I'm curious about. Like what getting people over that fear. I mean, because it yeah. does, it seems, well, on the same hand, I don't think people go to the doctor until it's do yeah, or die time I think so either. too. My tooth isn't so infected. It's bleeding everywhere right. and, and fine, I'll go to the dentist. pain. I, I can't take it anymore. Yeah. And then think about this, the person who goes to the dentist every six months for a checkup. Well, then they don't experience quite as much pain. They catch their, you know, cavities as they're forming. They get a quick fill and they're fine. You know, it's like, mm -hmm. it can really save you some pain and suffering to, to kind of, 
go Pre- in almost for the like checkup. preventative type or like yeah. maintenance type yeah i like mean that. going to the to the auto shop and getting a oil change is kind of an inconvenience but man it beats having your engine blow up absolutely absolutely <laughs> so, yeah so um what, what i so back to the back to the Problem focused or solution focused? Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Re, um, Tell me what you were kind of what you're kind of thinking about that. Like, is it oh, okay. necessary to talk about the problem mm-hmm. or even know the problem yeah. before you can move on? I would say sometimes yes for both of those or for for either okay, one. So it's I think, necessary to in some cases to yeah. know the problem to uncover the root of yeah. it. Yeah, sometimes okay. I think it is, and and I guess you know I. You, That's another one of those times individual. where it's like a, a right. It's individual, okay. and so sometimes it's just like, "Hey, we just need to build some skills. Look at the future. Look at the solution, and then oh, that's pretty simple. That's pretty short, and we can do that quickly." Um, we're doing all that stuff, and we're going. Let's not look at the past. Let's not look at the past, and we're doing all those things, and and it's not getting better. Is that that's Maybe what I was going to ask you? When, when when do you know when you're working with a client yeah. that you need to go to the root? I mean, yeah, obviously that takes practice and, yeah. and skill on your part, but what? what what signs are just the fact that it's not getting better? Maybe that, maybe that, that, or I think, I think we kind of sometimes know that there's something underneath. Like, I guess, so I guess another role I think of as the therapist is not only to provide that safe environment or to provide um, tools, but also just to kind of help the person step back away mm. from their problem a little bit. So if we're looking at a painting like that, that close up where we're, our nose is up to the painting, yeah, we might be like, yeah, I see it perfectly clear. I, I mean, I see these colors right here. It's, it's two by two. Yeah, it looks it's, great. <laughs> this is a really pretty picture. It's a little right. out of focus. But yeah, so I mean, we can kind of see our world that close. And and the the you know beauty of having a third party or an outside person who has no emotional attachment to your family, to you, you know, there's nothing that's keeping them looking at it up close, but can kind of help you step back and see the the bigger picture, that's where a lot of those things kind of co- get uncovered. And so it's not like the painful digging things out necessarily. Sometimes it, it can bring up some emotion mm-hmm. to go back and go. And I guess I think of it as kind of like finding patterns. And so that might be taking a step back and seeing, oh, this is not this, this interaction I'm having with my husband is not the first time I felt this way. I felt this way my whole entire life. I felt like this with my parents mm. and then in school. See that repeating or, bit pattern. Yeah. So sometimes that's where some of the untangling comes out where it's not like we have to uncover this root, like this, you know, suppressed memory like or something thing, terrible. Yeah. yeah. But just, oh yeah. I mean, this is something I've always struggled with feeling not good enough. Hmm, that's interesting. No wonder I struggle with that in my current relationship. Or I've had people who who I don't think care about me because I felt that way as a child. And now I'm kind of, I can't be convinced that people care about me. You that, know, so it's sometimes like that. I, I certainly can see that. And that's why I think it's so interesting about life is, you know, getting a different perspective. Yeah. Any, any type of yeah. thing. And then pulling back and seeing, looking yeah. at a different angle. And it's like, is this really true kind of a thing? Right. Is, is this really yeah. how it is? That is a, that's another very common thing that I, I love to do. Yeah, I think I, about a lot is, is like, what are my thoughts? What are my beliefs? And, and figuring out, right. Is that true? So much goes on in our head that oh, it's like yeah. fabrication and it just builds. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. All, also, you know, all throughout what you're sharing here is I'm getting the sense of like, you know, the frog in the water that is slowly being turned up and yeah. to the point where people don't know. Yeah. Like you said, they're slowly getting into like more and more 
like dysfunction, I guess, for mm-hmm. lack of a word. And then finally, it's like broken. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, and, and that come, like you said, it would come back to the perspective, like how what are you really seeing here, and how aware yeah. are you of what's happening here? Yeah. It's kind of a human. It seems like a human tendency to like let things progress and progress <laughs> and progress, and then yeah. all of a sudden, right? And we're really good at going like pretending like nothing's happening yeah, <laughs> pretending like there is be. no problem mm. we seem to be yeah because if we do that then we don't then it's a little less painful if we just kind of stick yeah. our head in the ground it's a little less painful maybe that there is definitely an aver- like an aversion to like see the problem i mean mm-hmm. i don't know if it's that we want to avoid problems which i think is part yeah. of it we want to stay comfortable we yeah. want to avoid you know Maybe we fear bad news or fear, like, mm-hmm. you know, someone telling us, oh, it's you or it's, right, <laughs> know, right. But the false things that were going on in our brain. Yeah. And I think that's, I, I mean, we could go deep into that right, kind of stuff, right. but I think a lot of it comes from our culture too, is that we're in this really shame based culture of, you know, don't take accountability. Don't take responsibility for anything that you do. If you mess up, you're an idiot or, you know, it's like just yeah. so harsh. And, and so we've lost this ability to have compassion for people, to, for people who screw up or for people who make mistakes and for us to have compassion for them. And so we also have a hard time having compassion for ourselves. So when we cannot yeah. have compassion for ourselves or when we have a ton of shame, we are just going to hold up the block to take any responsibility. And so it takes a lot of vulnerability to do that and to say, okay, maybe maybe I am a part of this problem. Maybe I do have a hard time communicating. That's a, hu- it's a huge statement to say right there because mm-hmm. you're right. In a way, that's like, you know, you're laying it all on the line right there. Like, yeah. okay. And then, but then again, that's where all our power comes back to yes. taking full responsibility. Yeah. It's my, mm-hmm. I think about this all the time that um, Darren Hardy, the publisher of Success Magazine, wrote this book called 100% slash zero percent and it's like what percent of a relationship is your responsibility oh okay and people are all like 50 50 50. and then then the high achievers are like i'll take 51 percent and then and then he's like you know what 100 Mm -hmm. make it 100 percent, or it won't work yeah that's a big statement and that's there's a lot in there but yeah kind of ties in it does i i tell people that all the time i say you know we have a dual responsibility all the time i have the responsibility to communicate clearly to you i have a responsibility to make sure that my words are coming out right and you know that that i'm not attacking you or that i'm not hurting your feelings that i'm communicating in healthy ways but i also have the responsibility to not interpret things wrong, you know, to hear everything as an insult. The way you're interpreting them. Yeah, Yeah. to hear them clearly. And I think we have a dual responsibility and just, I mean, I I apply that to so many things where it's like we have, we have both sides. The responsibility is ours on both sides, the listener and the speaker. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, it's like that. I love that. Taking 100% responsibility. In a a way, it's kind of scary and it's also really empowering because then it's all on us, right? I mean, hey. Yeah. And we can get real comfortable in blaming everybody else and being like, my husband's the one. To just let it, you know, blame, 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 and Mm -hmm. your life never changes. And then it's like, okay, well, what's going to happen here? Nothing's going to happen. It's easier until it sucks and it's not easy anymore. And then when we start taking responsibility and apologizing when we mess up or – you know, saying, I'm sorry, that came that the way that came out wasn't how I meant it. Let me try that again. And that takes vulnerability. It takes, you know, a little humbleness and putting our ego to the side. But once that happens, and our relationships blossom, it's like, oh my gosh, this is easier. (laughs) This is hard. It's hard to do. But it's also man, my life is easier. I feel so much happier now. Well, and that's one thing that I don't think 
I don't think we know as human beings how good it can get because if we've been living in a situation, and I'm speaking from my own personal perspective, mm-hmm. you know, if I'm living in a situation for months and or years, you're yeah. like, okay, this is the norm or this is as mm-hmm. good as it gets. Yeah. I think helping each other see like what the possible good, how much better it could get. Mm-hmm. That's when life gets good because I think everyone yeah. wants to be better and better and better yeah. or have better experiences. It's like, mm-hmm. but – when you don't know what's out there yeah. and what the options are. Yeah. And and I think that is kind of where we're going. We're so lucky to be living in this time. It's like we don't want to just be decently happy in our relationships. We want to be really happy in our relationships. And so a lot of times people aren't divorcing because things are terrible, but because they want better. They want to be better. They, they, they want to make a better choice. Is that they, well, they, I think they've realized they – yeah, my sorry. No, go ahead. No, you. I think people see our my relationship with my partner is not a wonderful relationship. It's kind of all right. I want wonderful. I'm out of here. I'm leaving this relationship. Mm. I'm going to find wonderful. That almost sounds like you know, like we're in an instant gratification yeah. by it now. Is that kind yeah. of what you're saying? Is that they they yeah. think it's, the grass is always greener, kind of a thing? Yes, is that what you're saying? I think sometimes that can be a. I think if we can recognize, oh, wait, I do want things to be better. I need to take responsibility and make things better for myself. Mm -hmm. I want a better experience at work. I need to change my attitude or I need to change my job or, you know, I want to, I need to do some work. It's more of an internal basis as opposed to, I'm Mm going to change you and this and that. Yes. Oh, you partner are not making Mm -hmm. me happy enough. Well, I will just find a new partner. (laughs) If we can stay in the relationship. Yeah. (laughs) yeah. If we can be in a relationship and say, hey, I want things to be better. So I'm going to go to an outside source with my partner and find out how we can make this better. My partner and I can make this better together. Well, then we get to have wonderful relationships. We get to just, we get to have the ones that we already have bloom because we, you know, a lot of times we love that person so right. much and it can be real painful to to have the idea that, oh, it should be better. So I'm just going to leave you because then we're kind of faced with mm-hmm. not it, – it's not better always someplace right. else. And the grass is not always greener. Um, but it's, you know, like they say, it's the grass is greener where we water it. If we take care of our relationships and water our relationships, oh, my gosh, we can have beautiful relationships with the person we're with. I've heard that, that it's – um, and I always come back to this thinking of like, you know, love is a verb and it's yeah, like it takes yes. – and, you know, maybe it's – maybe when the emotions are high when you first meet and yeah. the like chemistry is really bubbling mm-hmm. and then things kind of – then it's easy work then. You're, it yeah. kind of seems like downhill yeah. then. But then maybe when it starts to level off a bit, it's like it's going to need a little push here, right? Yes. Because if we lived our relationships – 10 years in the way we did when we first met them, we'd be going on dates, Uh we would be giving them compliments, (laughs) we would be seeing that. I mean, one of the things too, it's like that dual responsibility again is seeing them for the wonderful person that they are. If we're looking at them and going, oh gosh, Focusing on the the, the, the things that annoy or that quote unquote negative. Yeah. Yeah. And we see it as annoying versus Mm -hmm. just something, you know, just something that they have. When it was before, you didn't, you don't, when it's new, you don't even see it. You don't focus on it. Yeah. You're focusing on all the great stuff and all the wonderful the potential and all this wonderful things and you're sharing about yourself you're asking questions to each other you're sharing how much you love about each other mm-hmm. those are the things that kind of disappear after so long and people stop going on dates or they stop sharing how much they love each other or they stop seeing each other as the amazing person they are they mm-hmm. stop asking questions about each other it's like they don't know who the other person is anymore and so no wonder their connection has has gotten so far apart and it's yeah do you think that's a um human like thing or do you think it's driven do you think like the way that our culture is where we're instant gratification where we buy now i mean what's cut what is it more like in our being to be you know 
be that way or are we influenced a lot by instant, you know, we could get whatever we want? I don't know. I'm probably a combination of so like, much. Like I guess that would be nurture nature kind of a thing. Yeah. Right? I, I mean, for one thing, we're living so much longer than we were originally, you know, so we have these relationships that, you know, we used to get married real young, have babies and die. Yeah, and so well, now we have a lot longer to put up with the, our partner if we're going to you know, be in a marriage for 70 years. And another, another part of it, and I don't know how much of a factor this is, we, you know, we are much more mobile these days. Yeah. Not, you know, not only can we be anywhere digitally yeah. in social media, but we can be anywhere physically in the world. Mm-hmm. I think in the yeah, old, so in days of, go- of <laughs> long ago, mm-hmm. there was like less options for <laughs> yeah. us. Now I don't know yeah. if that's a factor. Yeah, I would cer- definitely say I it is. I certainly can't help the situation when yeah. you have... You know, when you see eight oh, million yeah. people on the planet and you're like, hmm. You mm-hmm. know. Yes. <laughs> and people, and that can get all distorted with the internet, you know, right. and people can look and make, They're they can make relationships, they yeah. can have fake relationships. They're having, you know, pornography addiction yeah. and all this kind of stuff because it's at our fingertips and we, you know, it's so easy to get and our brains don't quite know the difference between real and, right. you know, fake. And so it's, it gets the same sort of gratification from looking right. at all this fake stuff or these fake relationships and it gets it gets confusing. So yeah, mm-hmm. I definitely think And then it feeds into the, probably the real life relationships yeah. and adds that level of dysfunction. Yeah. It's like okay, or d- certainly doesn't help to sit. Yeah. It taints the water so to speak, mm-hmm. I imagine. Yeah. And that it's hard to be nurturing and watering your grass in your yard if you're looking elsewhere, if you're looking at everybody else Absolutely. and looking at how great they all look on the surface, well then we're forgetting about how, really truly how great we have it or the great things about the person we're with and and we get bitter and yeah it can kind of spiral mm-hmm. absolutely i think it definitely can taint the relationship yeah that. Mm-hmm. so okay so, so so you talked about three things that you see as a common mm-hmm, themes mm-hmm. when now re- recap that again because <laughs> i want to also have you share some communication tools or skills or mindsets oh, okay. that are generally helpful to anyone listening. Okay. Well, so, like, the, so, so the to three. recap the three, so I only got to one. <laughs> I yeah, got a little I did, sidetracked. I make sure, so yeah. thank you for bringing that back yeah. up. So the first one is communication. That's a big one. And then connection. I kind of talked about that is, is just, that's a lot of times what people say they, they're coming in for counseling to just because reconnect. Because they have kind of drifted yeah. apart. So yeah. that's different than communication where it's yeah. more... They, right. And it's like communication helps us to connect. When we're connected, we communicate more easily. So they both play together. Okay. And then the third one is conflict management. It's like, we what's just that? Fight. What's, give us a little snippet um, of what that is. A, maybe that would be, you know, when I have a problem, I come to my partner and I say, I'm really upset about this. And they go, fine, I just can't do anything right. And then they walk out the door. Internalize it and say uh, mm-hmm. that kind of a thing. Yep. And so that would be a, an example of something that someone might come in for counseling to say, this pattern happens. We've it been doing this happens. for 10 years. Yeah, we, I want it to be different. And so that, I mean, it's it's still communication really, right. but it's But like, like you a, said, it's a, different, a little yeah. bit differentiated. So yeah. three, com- communication, a connection and conflict management. Yep. That's okay. usually what people, I, I find people kind of report is the That's reason that they're coming in. And yes, they all play together. There's, you know, there's tools for all of them. Um, I think, I think one of the, I guess, I guess you could call it a tool, but one of the perspectives that I think is most important for all of them is, is like what we were talking about with taking responsibility mm. and, and, Seeing the other person and empathizing with them and, and understanding where they're getting, where they're coming from. Um, and so it's kind of just working. Yes, there's tools for all these things. There's communication tools. There's conflict management tools. There's, you know, connection tools and all that kind of thing. But there's, I think, without, you know, 
without kind of coming from a place of saying, I am willing to try some of these things or I'm willing to hear my partner out, then it's really hard to implement those tools. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's probably the, I think the most. So being able to, so, so, so again, it's like empathy, it sounds like, so being able to like see where they're coming from. Yeah. Giving the person the benefit of the doubt. Mm -hmm. And that can come from practicing gratitude with that person, sharing your love for them, sharing your admiration of them and your fondness of them. So, you know, you kind of have these tools you can do. Okay, well, I'm going to I'm going to start looking for the good things in my partner and practicing gratitude or I'm going to start asking them about their day. I'm going to start just trying these like communication or these connection tools. Well, then that the empathy and the compassion can come second. It can come after I've been practicing these things and kind of going through the motions. Um, so you, they play on each other, I think. Would you say that it's a byproduct of that or is it more is is it more of a separate thing that kind of comes into play that you introduce like uh, so after they're making gratitude list or appreciation list? Mm-hmm. Is that helping them build the empathy? Yes. yes. Is that what it's doing? I think so. I think when, yeah, when you're doing that, when you're, when you're kind of, let's say, I don't, I don't want to like my partner. I'm mad at them. Yeah. Well, if I focus on what's good about them and I write those lists or I Mm -hmm. start to say things out loud, like, Hey, thank you so much for putting the dishes away. I really appreciate that. Well, now not only have, have I given them a little bit of love, which Mm -hmm. makes them feel happier. I've also noticed myself. I've noticed it and I've said it out loud. It improves our perspective too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it does become a byproduct. It's a skill that I'm doing. I'm kind of going through the motions and sharing my appreciation for someone. But in the meantime, the the byproduct is we both feel happier, and right. now we both are more willing to share fondness and admiration of each other. You know, it's kind of like a it cycle. Is. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing thing about life is that it is you. It's easy to cycle down mm-hmm. by engaging in, I guess. Neg- thinking it doesn't support the s- situations and experiences mm-hmm. we want or whatever practices, whatever, it, but it is, it's like this every day we kind of have to retune, refocus, re get our centers where we want to go. Mm-hmm. And it's easy to kind of track off. Yeah. You know. Yep. It, exactly. And that it's like times that by two in a couple, because both of them are have their own things. going yep. on. Yeah. And both of them are building up resentments or both of them are, you know, getting a little <laughs> bit because they're getting first. If yeah. one person gets farther, you could dot yep. like, so it yep. could get double so, yeah, exponentially. Yep, exactly. And so it's, and so the, the good news is that, you reverse one of those things or you reverse a couple of those things and it grows back together. Yeah. Yeah. And when you're doing that with someone that you, if you're coming in and doing that at a time when things are okay already, oh my gosh, it's, it's much quicker than if you don't like each other. Because you're right. I mean, anything in life, catching it before becomes a major catastrophe. Oh yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that, you know, so that's one of the things that I'm working on and that I really want to be, that I'm going to be giving to the world is that I want to start starting with the Boise area. Well, sure. (laughs) Take over the Boise area first, then total world domination. (laughs) But if, you know, if we, if I could make this something where people can come and just have this casual environment where they can learn about these, the same skills that I teach to couple after couple after couple, if we can do that all at At one time. When they're not in crisis. Yeah. I mean, how awesome would that be? Yeah. So the way I'm going to have this formatted is just to have uh, an in-home party. So it's just a, a part, a, a couple's group mm-hmm. in someone's home. So you would have a host and house and yeah, and you can have appetizers and snacks and dinner or whatever and drinks or whatever you want to have and sit around with your friends. And so let's say you have, you know, you and your partner and a couple other couples and everyone can hang out and share um, 
share in the experience of learning these skills. And, you know, we'd have some little tool practice yeah, you're between gonna, you I and mean, your partner. It sounds like you're going to blend the fun and the tools. And that's why yeah, I, I think yeah. it's a great idea and because it almost seems like you're going to have to make it a, a fun atmosphere. I'm sure you do this in therapy <laughs> to a degree too, but to, to sometimes capture, I try to, that's, <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> that's not always, like, <laughs> to, to get it done. yeah, but that, that's why I say, I mean, to entice people mm-hmm. and show them, Hey, it'll be, it can be a little bit better. Yeah. And there's some tools. Yeah. That, that's why I say, I, I think all of us need tools and that's why I, think so too. I really love you sharing the, the empathy tool and putting yourself into a person's perspective. Mm-hmm. Cause I think that's, for everyone at every walk of life, yes. how can it yeah. can benefit benefit them? Oh my gosh. And the more we can practice empathy and compassion for other people, the more we can practice it for ourselves. I agree. Vice versa. The more we can be compassionate with ourselves, the easier it is to be compassionate with other people. And that is an exponential, you know, wonderful thing to have experienced because now you're feeling happier. You're feeling more connected. It's the things that we, I think, you know, relationships aside, that's the biggest complaint I hear from so many people is I don't feel happy and I don't feel connected. I feel Mm. alone. I feel isolated. I don't feel connected to myself. I don't feel connected to God or Mm. my higher power. I don't feel connected to my partners or my friends. I'm, I am disconnected. Mm. And man, we have a society just built for disconnection right now. We do. Even though we feel like we're connecting. It's well, it's, it's, yeah, it's a connection in a way, digital connection, but is it a real authentic connection? Yeah. Mm, I would argue probably not because (laughs) everybody's or not everybody, but a lot of people are saying I feel disconnected. So you're you're seeing that. I Mm -hmm. I would totally agree with that. I mean, that, that seems like what I'm seeing and it is, it's like the illusion of connection, but it doesn't, Mm -hmm. it's not fulfilling on some deep level. It's like surface. Yes, yes. And we have kind of changed from, you know, our heart and feeling connected or or sharing vulnerability and love and connection with our partners or the world or our families to this kind of head space where yeah. we're thinking it all. We're thinking how to connect or we're, you know, we're being up here in our ego and we're trying to, pers- you know, per- portray this great mm-hmm. image and we've lost the vulnerability and the kind of the gooey part where we really yeah. get to feel loved and we get to feel love for someone else. And that, mm-hmm. that you know, over and over and over, study after study says that's what, that is like this the goodness of life is to feel connected and to feel love. I totally loved I've seen that for too. other Or love for other people, loved by people. That's... That's what it's about. So, yeah, if I can make a That's place awesome. where, yeah, I think so too. I, it's it's the thing that makes me the most excited. It's the thing that makes me the happiest. And when I see a couple that I've been seeing in therapy mm-hmm. come together and and connect with each other, it's like it's the greatest thing in the entire I can, I world. I was going to say, I can imagine it fills you up so oh my much gosh, to see yes. them working out yeah. the issues. Yeah. Yes, it's the it. I think it's the most beautiful thing in the world. I mean, it's like the the days that you you can think of like when people collectively kind of say is the most amazing day it's like the birth of their child it's like that love that unconditional Mm. love and just embrace weddings Uh, it's just to see someone be there you know Mm. saying i love you and then to to be witnessed you know to be able to witness a couple going through that and like reconnecting that that just true simple love right. for each other is just, I mean, it is just I amazing. Ima- I can imagine. <laughs> Were you always a couples therapist and or, you know, relationship therapist, or did you start in a different vein of yeah. therapy? Well, I started, um, my master's degree is in couples, is in marriage and family okay. therapy. So that was where I got my, my like, you know, professional training was in sure. marriage and family therapy. So I've been doing couples therapy for about 10 years. Um, before that, and I see a lot of people. I see lots of individuals. Right, you I do, do groups individual, and, but mm-hmm. 
Okay. Yep. So I see a lot of, you know, couples and some families and a bunch of individuals. I do group therapy, that kind of thing. Um, before I was doing therapy, before I was practicing in, with a licensure, I was working, um, I worked in detox facilities, drug mm. and alcohol, rehabilitation, inpatient, outpatient. Um, before that, I was working in the community. I lived in Hawaii. And um, so I worked with a lot of people with real chronic symptoms, um, serious mental illnesses mm. like schizophrenia and bipolar disorder. And um, people just... Oh, so it sounds like you've had a wide yeah, range yeah. of... I have. I love it. I've, I have loved every... Every sliver of really? the path, yeah, working with kids, working with adolescents, working with, um, you know, elderly, working with homeless people, working with drug addicts. I just, I love all of do, it. Do you find that other therapists say that too, or do they have? Do, do some of your your colleagues say, "Hey, and I, I just don't." I mean, obviously, yeah. it's an individual thing too. I think so. Yeah, but some of those cases sound challenging, more challenging yeah. than say, you know, working with a. A, a couple that's kind of coming back together. Right. It's, it I, like mean, you, I mean, it you, gotta like you gotta do whole... your thing, like whatever works best for you. I mean, mm -hmm. some people love, love, love working with kids and that is right where they like, that makes yeah. them so happy. They're getting, they're, they're helping people before they've developed these patterns for 25 years or whatever. And being able to teach them the skills as children, is like such a wonderful thing. And some people are like, I don't know. How to, I don't know if I really want to do right, kids, yeah. you know. It's so a, it seems like an individual thing. Yeah, right? absolutely. That, that's why I say it sounds like you're a fascinating individual being <laughs> being able to do that and love and enjoy all spectrums. Yeah, I think it's. People. I think. I think it's. I'm trying to. I don't want to mess you're up trying. this quote, but I think it's a Brene Brown quote of mm -hmm. just. It's hard to hate people close up. Mm. It's hard to hate people close up, but I think it's also easy to love people when you're close Ooh. up to them. And so <laughs> that's good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's that has been a blessing. I wouldn't say I, you know, woke up one day and said, I'm gonna work with homeless schizophrenia, you know, mm -hmm. people with schizophrenia who are homeless. That wasn't necessarily what I kind of set out to do. But that's where I wound up. And it was like, Oh, my gosh, this is an amazing population to work with. Mm -hmm. And when you're when you're close up, you have empathy and you have compassion. And then if you're if you're coming from a place of problem solving of how do I help this person? And so for that person, getting a house is going to be, you know, number one goal for mm -hmm. someone who is living in a beautiful mansion, then the goal for them is going to be something totally different, you know? So, but for each person, they're equally beautiful. They're equally important. They're, you know, their needs are equally important. So yeah, I love it. I, I love awesome. it. That's so <laughs> awesome. So to talk a little bit more about what you're working on, like uh, you touched on it a little bit earlier, mm -hmm. give us a little sense of maybe timeline and or yeah. a little more about it. Well, I'm, I'm ready to do this. I've done one of these groups already for a group of people at my church and um, it went really well. It was so much fun. It was really, it was really amazing. And um, it was funny because I was expecting to have a bunch of young couples come mm -hmm. in and, and most of the couples, all of them had been married, I think had been together for over 20 years. Mm -hmm. And, and a few of them had been married for 50 years each, a couple of these couples. Like, this is so cool. Mm -hmm. And it was so neat mm -hmm. to see because it's like, well, this kind of demonstrates these are the couples who stay together. They're the ones who put effort into it. Right? Yeah, yeah the over and I'm sure that, you know, but um, so, yeah, so I'm ready to do these now. I'm ready to start doing these in-home in couples I think it's, groups. I think it's going to be a hit because, like I say, who, <laughs> who doesn't want better relationships and yeah. more connection and more yeah. of those, those juicy things that you talk about? Right. And I'm hoping to take out some of the fear of that, you know. So if you're in a relationship and you're, and you're saying to your partner, 
let's go in for counseling and they th- and they're saying no i don't we don't need it we're not that bad off mm. or you know it's just going to be terrible we're going to have to air all our dirty laundry i don't want everybody outside of our couple knowing about us mm-hmm. this is going to be totally different because you're just hanging out with your friends and you don't have to talk about your relationship it's not airing your dirty laundry it's not throwing your partner under the bus it really is just Let's hang out and learn some skills and mm-hmm. practice them and, you know, learn different ways to communicate, learn different ways to manage conflict and just some ways to feel more connected with each other, which, every, you know, we all want that. Well, we, we do. And, and, you know, like you said, it's you're serving the tools and it's like, mm-hmm. take it if you want. <laughs> exactly. It, it exactly. You know, I, I as you're talking about that, I envision these like, you know, closet personal development. Pe- and, you know, maybe they're <laughs> listening to couples information or podcast or whatever and they're they're kind of doing it behind the scenes because mm-hmm. sometimes it is a little bit i guess uh, uncomfortable to put out there and say oh you know i go to therapy now or this yeah. or that i mean mm-hmm. it's fine to, i think people yeah. are kind of like closet consuming some of these oh personal yeah development thing. i know lots I of people go to therapy <laughs> i go to therapy <laughs> oh so you even have the therapy oh my gosh yes, yes. So amazing therapists what, are awesome <laughs> what they are awesome what point in your career is this something like early on or is this something hey you're th- as a therapist going to a therapist when did yeah, you start yeah well when i was in grad school they required it when you started when you got to a certain you know place in your in school you would i guess it was when we were into our like internship so if you're going to go out and start doing therapy with people you need to make sure that your stuff is taken care of you can't be pulling in your dirty you know stuff from your past or your negative beliefs or what you know whatever you've got going on and you can't go dirty up everybody else that you're trying to see and take care of. So, um, so it was required then. And I, I mean, I can really feel for people who are so apprehensive because I was like, I don't want to, I mean, I guess I, I don't really have anything I need to work on, which like is seriously laughable at this point. (laughs) What do you look, what do you look for in a therapist? How do you find a therapist? As a therapist, how do you go shopping for a therapist? Well, I think, a hundred, I mean, number one is, do you feel comfortable with that person? Do you guys click? If you have a therapist that you don't feel comfortable sharing with, they're just not your person. Don't waste your time. Don't waste their time. Just find someone that you connect with. Really. I think that's number one because you want it to be a, a place that you feel comfortable sharing. Mm-hmm. Um, you can, I mean, there's so many like places that you can find what the therapist's uh, kind of specialties are. Yeah, so like you asked about places that Places online or like Yeah, like them, Psychology Today saying? is one that you can find and you just look up your therapist and, you know, if you're struggling with an eating disorder, you can find eating disorders. In your local area, you go yep. and it'll pare it down. Yeah. So, I mean, you can just type in, you know, couples therapy, Meridian, Idaho, and you'll find a bunch of people who do couples therapy in Meridian, Idaho. It's really cool. So that's a thing where, you know, that awesome. technology awesome is great resource. for. Sure. So yeah. then you just what, call them up and say, yeah. hey, I want to come in and chat with you. And yeah. Like, it's, it's, yeah. It, is, it sounds like it's common in the therapist world to mm-hmm. look for that fit as well. Would you say oh, that's yes. true? Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we want to be able to help. You mean for the for, client? Yeah, yeah for, from the therapist perspective. Mm-hmm. So, so clients looking for yep. a good fit, feel good. Yeah. It sounds like therapists are looking yes. for a good fit, feel good too. Right. You want to, the first appointment should be about, or, you know, I think is best if it's about Hey, what are you coming in for? And how can I best serve you? And if I'm not the one that's best for you, let me find someone who's going to be better for you. Mm. So yeah, definitely. I think on the therapist part, it's our responsibility too to make sure that that we will be helpful for that person. And mm. if we're not, then there's a whole bunch of other people. You know, sure, if someone then, comes then maybe in, maybe they were, well, could refer exactly. to someone. Yeah, exactly. We uh, the the idea is that it's the client's best interest. That's mm. that's all that matters. It's not about you know 
my ego and like, well, I want to be the one that sure, fixes that. Sure, I can that fix one. it. I can fix yeah. anybody, right? No, right, exactly. <laughs> if we come that place, then we're then we're burnt out. That's yeah. that's a gr- not a great place to start from. But yeah, so imagine. yeah, just find someone that you connect with. The therapist will be a part of that too, and saying yes, I can, I can be the person that wants that will work with you, or mm-hmm. that can be helpful. Do you ever do you ever have situations where the client wants to work with you and you don't think you can benefit them? Does that how often does that happen? Yeah. Um, it doesn't have. I haven't had that happen very often. I I am not shy about referring someone to somebody else who specializes in in mm. something who can that, help them better. Or yeah, just, yeah. So and sometimes it sometimes we have to kind of come back together. You know, if things are not moving along the way we'd like them to, or the couple's not doing better, they're not, they're doing worse, or you know, or something like after that. After a certain period of time. And yeah, then, I think it's important to always kind of check in with each other and say, is this how is this working for you guys? Is this helpful? If not we might take a different approach. Maybe I can refer you to somebody else. You know, maybe there's just, we got to kind of problem solve and, and pick mm-hmm. what's the best next step after that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that, that can happen for that sure. Can happen. Mm-hmm. So, and I'll, and I'll put links to when things, you know, as things evolve here with yeah. your course and with your upcoming uh, stuff that you're working on mm-hmm. in, in the show notes on my website. Okay. Um, but before we go, I just want to touch on this because it's something that I've been curious about. Where does therapy and and you mentioned this earlier, like a life coach or a performance coach, how do they interact and where does mm-hmm. the line become? Because I know those are different, very different spheres. Yeah. What is what where what is your perspective on that? That's a good as question. As far as helping people. Yeah. Because you know, it sounds like a lot of things that you're talking about, helping mm-hmm. people have better lives and improve yeah. their I mean, so so what's your sense of that? Yeah. From I don't know much about life coaches. Okay. I work with uh, someone who's a life coach. I'm and, sure, yeah. And so I don't I'm not exactly sure the the different like what their direction. Ra- what their realm is or how yeah. what, what they okay. Mm-hmm. That's fair. I know that I would say that therapists do a lot of that sort of life it coaching. Sounds like it. Yeah, but I'm not sure. I don't want to take away from life coaches right. and kind of assume that we're doing what they're doing without right. really knowing what they're what it is that they're That's doing. Fair, I've never yeah. worked with one, I but I'd love to know. From perspective. Yeah, because yeah. you know, um from a therapist who is, you know, in a different Mm-hmm. sphere in a sense yeah but, uh, you know ultimately everything kind of comes back to helping people right. solve their right be better and live exactly better and, and you might work with a life coach and a therapist and work on two and i think people do to i mean mm-hmm. i think they can complement each other i know yeah that, you know i when i listen to people who are really into and really see the value of having a team around them oh yeah account on your lawyer yeah your therapist your life coach yeah. and it your all nutritionist, like your, your nutritionist yeah. because you know we, we are a whole you know looking mm-hmm. at a holistic being and I, mm-hmm. a lot of things that i've been thinking about recently is you know what are you eating? You know, what mm-hmm. are you, what's your diet? What's your mental diet? Yeah. Because you know, it yes. all affects everything. Right. And if anything is out of whack, it's mm-hmm. not going to be, you're not going to be operating at peak, you know, mm-hmm. levels. Yeah. So I'm just, you know. And we can kind of tweak all of those little We can things. tweak all of them and it kind of, it all goes in the hopper, doesn't it? Like mm-hmm. Every positive thing you do to yeah. tweak it up. Yeah. Yeah. And so if therapy or couples counseling is something that's going to just make you feel a little bit better, clean out some of that old stuff, I think therapists might do that more than a life coach. I'm not sure, but it seems like that might be some place where we kind of spend some time of just get kind of cleaning it out or getting Mm. rid of some of that old stuff or old beliefs. And, and maybe life coaches do that a lot too. I'm not sure. Right. And like, like I say, that's why, that's why I was just curious. Well, Rachel, I have thoroughly enjoyed our conversation. Me too, and I Mark, learned a lot you. too. Oh, good. I'm glad. I hope I hope this can be helpful. I hope it I takes it a little be. bit of the fear out of going to a, a therapist well, or counselor. And, and and that's what I think it will because I mean, I think we do. And I I know that I have this, you know, I guess stigma that's like, okay, well, like we talked about, 
you don't need to do it until it's like do or die. Like I can fix yes. it. I can fix it. I yeah. Can, yeah. I'll <laughs> get this book and I'll get that book. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, this, mm-hmm. but I, you know, so I think that that does take a little bit of the like, oh, mm-hmm. you know, it's not yeah. what I thought it was. Yeah. It's different perspective. Yeah. And it's not terrible to have someone on your side who, who just can, <laughs> can be warm that. with yeah. you and uh, open to you all the time. It's It's so nice. I love it. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you again. Yeah, thank you so much. I appreciate it. You're welcome. <laughs> well, what'd you think? Did you learn some things about therapy that you didn't know? I know that I certainly did. And I really appreciate her sharing what goes on in therapy and what happens in that relationship and the fact that we're in charge, right? And we come with the agenda and the outcomes that we want. And the therapist then uses the tools and resources they have to help us achieve that. I really, really love that. So I want to thank Rachel again for coming by the podcast and sharing her expertise and wisdom with us. Again, if you want to find show notes to this episode, you can do so at gmarkphillips.com. I'll have links to Rachel's website and show notes for this episode. Thanks so much for tuning in. I really appreciate it. Until next time, all the best, health, wealth, and success. Bye-bye.